This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I'm going to cover The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America. This is book 31 of 52 for my 2019 reading list. This episode will consist of three segments. The first will be a brief introduction to the book, the author, why I read it, and my initial reaction. Second segment will be a few of my favorite things. And the final segment, segment three, is the one thing, my one key takeaway from this book. So on to segment one. The author is Eric Larson. He was born January 3rd, 1954 in Brooklyn. He's a journalist and author of nonfiction books. Some of his other books include In the Garden of Beasts, Thunderstruck, and Dead Wake. He has a book coming out next year, 2020, on March 3rd, which will be called The Splendid and the Vile, a saga of Churchill, family, and defiance during the Blitz. So that one sounds pretty interesting. For the book we're talking about today, The Devil in the White City, he won the 2004 Edgar Award for Best Fact Crime. I just thought that was a cool way of describing the book, Fact Crime. Uh, It's also known as Historic Nonfiction. So some of the books I've had on my list this year have been historic fiction, but uh, this one is is historic nonfiction. It was written in 2003, and it centers around two people. The first is Daniel Burnham, who was an architect, and the second, H.H. Holmes, who was a serial killer. So very neat combination, but these two people are centered around an event, and that event is the World Fair in Chicago of 1893. It's also known as the World's Columbian Exposition, and I'll describe a little bit more about the fair in segment two. As for who suggested the book, I heard about it from Payne Lindsay on the Up and Vanished podcast. If you are unfamiliar with that podcast, it is very similar to Serial. Serial is is a crime podcast where uh, the host digs in deep to a particular case and tries to find out what happened and it's broken up into seasons. Uh, up and Vanished, I've, I listened to season one. I've not listened to season two, but season one centers around a cold case that Payne Lindsay picked up in Georgia, r- rural Georgia. Uh, Payne lives in Atlanta and he would travel to this, to this town and just kind of started digging and asking around. And it is freaky. It is one of those where I just... I I couldn't stop listening to it. So when I would go run or do work around the house, I would just continually listen to it. And anyway, in one of those episodes, he, he mentioned that, uh, that people that enjoyed his podcast would, would probably enjoy this book. And he was, he was right. I read this book from July 22nd through 26th. So it took me four days. It's a 390 page book and that breaks down to 98 pages per day, which is on the very high end for me. Uh, it was one that I could not put put down. It took me 10 hours total to read it, uh, 10 hours, zero minutes and 15 seconds. So that's a, a minute 32 per page. As for my initial reaction, the book was fascinating and frightening at the same time. I, I almost didn't want to read it right before bed because I was scared. I might not be able to sleep with with the talk of of the serial killer and and all that he was he was doing i also i had never heard of the 1893 chicago fair 
or for the serial killer, uh, for, for that matter. But the, the fair was, was fascinating and I, I just enjoyed learning about it. And, and so as, as for initial reaction, it was, it was fascinating in, in that sense. And then I was just amazed at how many things came together at the fair. And I'll be getting into some of those things in, in, in segment two, but just in terms of the people who were there, the, the, the people that were involved in, in putting it together, uh, it just, it, it was amazing with, with all that came together for that. So as for who should read the book, uh, definitely designers, architects, you'll, you'll like all the descriptions of, of, the challenges and what the architects did to create this fair and to create this kind of magical world that was called the White City. Uh, also, true crime aficionados, uh, podcast listeners to Serial, uh, Up and Vanished, lovers of crime story, and also just kind of if if you if you enjoy maybe horror movies or or kind of sick and sick and twisted crime. Uh, that that kind of curls your skin a little bit, but you you want to you want to keep reading and and keep finding out what what happened. This this is the book for you because the the serial killer side of it was just oh it, it was uh, it was so fascinating but so frightening at the same time. So the 1893 Chicago Fair. This was to commemorate the 400th anniversary of Columbia's discovery of America. And it came down to a contest between of, of who would get it between New York and Chicago, and, and Chicago eventually won. Daniel Burnham was was selected as, as the main architect for the fair, and he collected a, a number of other architects, many of them from Chicago, uh, and, and kind of put together a dream team to to create this, this world. Uh, he also got Olmsted, who designed Central Park, Prospect Park and also the Biltmore Estate in terms of the landscaping. So Olmsted worked uh, worked on the landscaping. Daniel Burnham himself was was a famous architect by this point. He he designed the F- Flatiron Building in New York, which is that uh, very skinny building, uh, very very recognizable, and also Union Station in Washington D.C. There's one part of the book where they're talking about all these architects being together, and they they said this is. Somebody makes the comment, this is the greatest meeting of artists since the 15th century. So I don't, I don't know if that uh, is necessarily the case, but, but there, there were, the, the people that worked on this had, had done some amazing work around the United States, and, and they were all together to, to create this, this magical world. Meeting of the minds, but, but also just all the people who were involved in the fair. I mean, there was a Buffalo Bill exhibit, so Buffalo Bill was there. Uh, just companies, and then they would they would pull in people from around the world for these exhibits. So there were people from Egypt. There were supposed uh, cannibals that were there, and you could just kind of walk around and, and see how different people lived. And and they would try to create this world to where uh, so people from Egypt would would be walking around. So you know you 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 come in, maybe you you live somewhere in. in in the States and, and you come in and, and you're walking around the fair and, and there's, there's people from Africa walking by you from Egypt, from Asia, from, from Latin America, from all over the world. And, and they just trying to kind of make it almost normal. Like you're just walking by, around uh, people from all these different places. So it's kind of a, a neat, neat thing there. The, the fair, the previous fair to this one, the previous world fair had been in Paris and that was another magical fair. 
it to where the Eiffel Tower was built for that fair. So part of the planning for this Chicago fair, they wanted to out Eiffel Eiffel. That's what they called it. We need to out Eiffel Eiffel. We wanted we need to do something so grand on the scale of of engineering uh, that it's a marvel that it, it will it will last forever. And I think they nailed it because they hired a man named George Washington Gale Ferris. And if Ferris rings a bell, that's because he created the Ferris wheel. And that first ever Ferris wheel was at this Chicago fair. It was actually late in, in building it. Uh, the, the whole Chicago fair, I mean, it just had to come together so quickly that, that the, the Ferris wheel wasn't ready right on time, but it, they eventually finished it and it was a hit. And we obviously see Ferris wheels all over now. And, and you know, the, the London Eye is, is, is famous and nearly any city you go in now, there's a, there's a fair. Anytime there's a, or there's a Ferris wheel. Anytime there's a fair in town, there, there's guaranteed to, be, guaranteed to be some sort of a, a Ferris wheel there. So that, that was one of the, the things that came out of this fair. It's called the White City, the fair was, because the, the main part of it was uh, a, a, a little lake that was surrounded by neoclassical style buildings. And there was talk about them doing the buildings in different colors, but it turned out to where it would just be easier to do it all in white. And so it was, it was these majestic buildings and they were all in white. And it was, they surrounded this, this little lagoon lake thing, all designed by some of America's best architects. So I, you can just imagine this place would be, would be magical. The construction of it, I mean, the, the number of people involved and the, the time frames was just incredible. And to read about that in this book, it makes makes the book worthwhile just, just for that content of it. The second thing that really stood out to me in this, this one was the impact of the fair. Uh, in one sense, just in terms of the inventions, obviously the Ferris wheel, but then uh, long distance telephones. That was the first time uh, that that was that was used and it was showcased. And so th they would have an orchestra playing in New York to where people at the fair in Chicago could listen to the orchestra playing live. And that was the first time that had happened. Moving pictures, uh, motion pictures were, were introduced. The zipper, uh, you know, on your jacket, on your pants, the, the zipper, that was, that was introduced at, at the fair. Automatic dishwashers, Aunt Jemima's pancake mix, Cracker Jacks, shredded wheat, Paps Blue Ribbon. A lot, a lot of things that the first time that was ever ever seen was was at this fair. As for people who visited the fair, the Archduke Francis Ferdinand, who was famous for getting shot and uh, being one of the the catalysts to to World War One, uh, he was there. Helen Keller was there, and and I, I want to read this part of the book. This was this was quite magical. There was a, a exhibit here. Frank Haven Hall, superintendent of the Illinois Institution for the Education of the Blind, unveiled a new device that made plates for printing books in Braille. Previously, Hall invented a machine capable of typing Braille, the Hall Braille Writer, which he never patented because he felt profit should not sully the cause of serving the blind. As he stood by his newest machine, a blind girl and her escort approached him. Upon learning that Hall was the man who had invented the typewriter she used so often, the girl put her arms around his neck and gave him a huge hug and kiss. Forever afterward, whenever Hall told, told the story of how he met Helen Keller, tears would fill his eyes. Uh, that was really cool. 
Another person who not only visited, but uh, was part of the construction, construction worker was a man named Elias Disney. He had a son who was named Walt. And uh, so Walt Disney, Elias told his son about this magical world. And I'd, I'd like to think that this probably had some impact on what we now know as Disney World. Uh, because there were the, the, this, this world where you're transported, there's people from all different cultures. You think of, think of Epcot Center, and you just wonder how much of, of, of Walt's vision for the Magic Kingdom and Epcot came from his father's description of the Chicago Fair. Thomas Edison was there, a uh, number of other people. 27.5 million people visited this fair when the population of the United States at that time was 65 million. So it even made me wonder if my great-grandparents attended, or great-great-grandparents attended. Um, they, they would have been living in Wisconsin at the time, so not too far, not too far away. And, and for that many visitors out of uh, the total population of the United States, a pretty good chance that, uh, that a lot of our, our um, grandparent, great-great-grandparents uh, attended this, this fair. Another impact of this fair was that it had to come down. They had, to, they had to build it within a few years and then, or yeah, build it and then take it down all within a few years. And Teresa Dean, a columnist, wrote this. It seems cruel, cruel to give us such a vision to let us dream and drift through heaven for six months and then to take it out of our lives. That was a good summation of 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 what happened. And, and eventually the city, the this white city, it, it just burned to the ground. Um, after the fair, it wasn't looked after, and so homeless moved in, and, and then um, uh, it caught fire, and, and the, it just all burned to the ground. The third thing that really stuck out in this book was, was of course, the killer, the serial killer. And it was really interesting how Larson tied the killer in with the rest of the book. It, it made it so that I couldn't put it down. It, it was... This, this, it was sick and twisted in a way, but then it's also really fascinating because you're you're wondering, how did this guy get away with this? He killed so many, like people were just disappearing, uh, and he built this enormous complex where he would run businesses out of the main level, but on the second and third level level, it was like a horror movie. Uh, there were trap doors. There were there were rooms with no windows. Uh, he, he had it to where people could be dropped down to the basement. And then in the basement, he had a crematorium. He had a gas chamber. He had a dissection, dissection table, just wild, crazy stuff. And it, it was truly like a house of horrors. And I just kind of would wonder, like, how, how did he get away with this? Did he ever get caught? Did he ever repent? Like, did he feel the weight of what he had done? And so those are the kind of questions that you have the whole time. And, and so you just want to keep reading and keep reading and evidenced as, as to how quickly I got through this book. I, it, the, the serial killer stuff really made it to where it was hard to put down. Now on to segment three and the one thing, my one key takeaway from this book. And it comes from a quote by Daniel Burnham, the architect for, for the fair. He said, make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood. 
make no little plans, they have no magic to stir men's blood. I thought about JFK's moonshot a lot in the, while reading this book as well. Just this, this call to galvanize a nation towards a goal to, to land a man on the moon and, and how that had so many other impacts. And this fair as well, just how, how many other impacts were, were from, from doing this, from doing the fair, from doing it well, from getting the best architects, how it influenced millions of people in the United States, and, but from around the world who, who came to visit. The impact lasts until today from this fair over 100 years ago. It was a city that was built and torn down within just a few years, but the impact lasts until today. Are there things that we can do as a country that would, would, would pull us together like this Chicago fair did for the country? Are there things that you could do in your own company or in your own family that would, that would pull together your family, your company into a, into a larger goal? Something that maybe the, that is the goal for the time being, but it will have greater impacts in the future. Something that you can't even necessarily predict by setting that goal. So that's my key takeaway. Maybe it's a little cheesy of, of dream big, uh, reach for the stars. But, uh, but I, I, I liked that. The make no little plans. They have no magic to stir men's blood. So to recap, the content around the fair was fascinating. I mean, that, that in itself would have made for a really interesting book. Just learning about the Chicago Fair, especially for me because I'd never heard about it. I'd never, I never knew that was the that's where the Ferris wheel was introduced. Uh, all these all these things were just fascinating, and seeing people meeting each other, famous people meeting each other, uh, coming into contact, working with each other, all all these things. Like I, I just learned so much from this book. But then tying in the 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 serial killer and, and how he would prey on people coming in for the fair and just this house of horrors that he, he created. I, I couldn't put the book down. I feared reading it before bed, but I also couldn't stop. So I think if you, if you are into to true crime books, podcasts, that sort of thing, you, you really enjoy this book. If you want to know about the Chicago fair, if you're into architecture, you'll also really enjoy this, this book. That's going to do it for this episode. Before I sign off, just a reminder that you can now share your own reading list on the Books of Titans website by going to booksoftitans.com forward slash my books. You can also follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter at Books of Titans. And if you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast and find all of our past episodes through iTunes the Android Marketplace, or your podcast manager of choice. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure to give it an effusive five-star rating on iTunes and share your favorite episodes on social media. I'll be back next week with another book. And until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out. <laughs>